enjoy presenters and other listeners at transradiouk.com. Truck United FC, the new football team for the LGBT community. Visit TIUKUnitedFC.com for more details. Trans Radio UK, here for the community, 24 hours a day. It's Sunday, it's 9pm, and that can only mean one thing. It is time, of course, for the LGBTQ Plus Late Show with myself, Kevin, here on Trans Radio UK. Coming up later in the programme, we have the wonderful Max Fenning from Prism in Florida talking about their recent headline-making campaign. But first in the show tonight, I welcome somebody who you all may know. To you, she may be Andrea Maynard. To me, I call her... Oh, thank you. <laughs> welcome to the show, Andrea. How are you keeping? I'm keeping well, actually. I'm doing really well. Been hectic, but I'm doing good. Yes, I am. Um, I think everybody will have seen. Uh, I know that. Uh, I know that a few presenters had Lergy and everything else that's been going on over the last while. So you've been doing a lot of pop up shows as well, and uh, uh, and I love listening to your your Celtic ambient background, wonderful music. Yeah, well, it's sort of in the blood, so got to have it out there, and. It's doing really well. There's uh, quite a strong following now. Yeah. So, actually, do you know, more, must, more bands contacting me. So, I must send you through. You know, it's it's. Uh, it's my great uncle was one of Ireland's best known tenors, but he uh, was also part of one of Ireland's best known groups back in the fifties, sixties, and I managed to last year. I uh, I I met his daughter for the first time at my dad's funeral and we got talking and I said how much I loved her dad's voice and I had one of his I had one of his singles on vinyl um and the next day she brought me in a CD with the six songs he did I think it was Decca he did them for back in the day um they're great uh kind of Irish of their time tracks so I must email you through uh or set, I send you through one of them uh uh for the program well it sounds like a great idea Bit of a rebel song were they? No, they if were. They it, are? it was oh. the show, <laughs> it was the show bands. It was a whole show band era in Ireland, oh. which uh, which you know there's a great history of them. But yeah, I'll send uh, I'll send some of the tracks through so you can uh, you can find one uh, you can find one that fits in. Now, excellent. The reason uh, you're on the show this week, it's I mean everybody will have seen the coverage both on the trans radio socials and much further afield uh, that it has been a year since the tragic and untimely death of Brianna Jai. And I mean, A, it's hard to believe that a year has passed. But uh but B, it's it's I mean it's just so for me, and this is my personal opinion, it's just made even more tragic for Brianna's mum to have been sitting in Parliament to hear that person who runs our country make a joke at the expense of the trans community. I think it was a, I think it was an awful and shocking moment. And um, one of the one of the it's not a positive to come out of the situations, but one of the one of the moments that kind of because I was I personally was feeling a bit um, a bit pants after that incident happened. So to go on Sunday to the memorial in Soho Square. We were kind of small in numbers because it was organised last minute, um, but the atmosphere was beautiful. And I know you went to the memorial in Warrington, and I just wanted to talk to you about it. 
Yep, uh, it was actually a, a very moving experience. Uh, and to me, although it was a, a long way off, uh, best part of 230 miles each way, it to me, every single mile was worth going for because that poor girl suffered horrendously. And the only thing that we as members of the trans community is show our support and solidarity in these trying times. As for a person who runs our country, well, on strings by looks of it, mm -hmm. uh, that was just diabolical. It was just totally and utterly vile and diabolical. And and I think I personally cruel. think it should be should be ousted out completely. Yeah, I think I it hope was a, he loses his seat. It was a cruel thing to do. I mean, the, the glimmer of hope that we all have is after the after the the barnstorming uh, by election results uh, over the last few days. Um, I think there's a there's a glimmer of hope. Uh, I think we can all keep our fingers crossed for some glimmer of hope. Um, but what was the in terms of the event in Warrington? Um, how was it attended? And and. Uh, and just tell us a bit about the the, the atmosphere there. It was it was uh, held in the Golden Square, which had an old, I mean, a really old fish market, open air fish market with a rooftop, and it had capacity in the fish market itself for I'd say between two and three hundred people, and it was pretty full. But in the surrounding parts of the square there were still more and more people turning up. So I'd say probably around about 500. I don't know the exact figures, but just a quick scan of the area. I would say it was around about five, maybe 450, anywhere between 450 and 550 people were there. Mm -hmm. So it was fairly well attended. And apart from the obvious ghouls that were there, by that I mean GB News, mm -hmm. uh, who, had I known they were there, some it was uh, a friend that had said, oh, GB News were just here. I said, if I'd known they were here, I would have pulled their batteries and <laughs> shut them down the drain. Yeah. Uh, because they're, in my eyes, they're complicit in what led up to the event uh, for the vigil. Mm -hmm. So... In fact, all of the mainstream media that were there are as complicit because they've all been propagating hate mm -hmm. for years against the trans community. And it's obviously filters down. We know it filters down. And it's, okay? I think one of the one of the things that I find frustrating about 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 the week was seeing I mean, just prior to that, seeing the uh, coverage when the sentences uh, were handing down, handed down to those people whose names I, I would never repeat, but those people who took uh, Brianna's life and a lot of hand wringing within the media. And isn't this terrible? And it's like, actually, you don't get to now act like the greatest supporters of that poor girl when it was your vitriol in stirring the pot 
that helped to set a tone that has been taking place for for uh, the last number of years. Exactly. And there was a certain element of that hand ringing at the vigil. And that, I think, those of us within the community that were there could see that that was what was going on. They were there for nothing more than the clicks. They were there just to make out that they were uh, supportive. And we all know that they've been the ones that have been propagating the hate. They may not call it hate, and they, they certainly don't get punished for it, which is which is something I think is wrong. We should have a sturdy press complaints procedure where if a complaint is verified and justified in being made, then there should be really serious strict penalties uh, put on not only the corporation that's involved, but also the editors, because they're the ones ultimately that release that information, and the journalist as well, unless they can prove that their story has been edited by the editors. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that they're... They're very much out to make themselves to be the, oh, we're the bringers of truth, except their version of the truth is always edited yeah. to put a nasty spin on everything, mm -hmm. literally, especially within the trans community. And obviously we've seen the same with the, uh, what they call the small boats crisis. Mm -hmm. Okay, That's all blown out of proportion. And they make out that every single one of them is either a rapist or a terrorist. And we all know that's not true. Mm -hmm. Most of them are fleeing genuine persecution mm. and just want somewhere safe to be. Just like the trans community, we want a country that is safe for us to be in without all this vitriol. And it's, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a great guest on last week, Bernie Lanan, who's an Irish activist and who is standing for Labour in the local elections in Ireland later this year. Um, and we had a good old chat about one of the things that I personally feel really bad about is some of the conversations and language which is being used in Ireland at the minute. And it's kind of a case of copying the rulebook that has taken place here. And it is almost just directly copying that rule book, the same slogans, the same messages being turned out for uh, uh, for when they talk about immigration or when they talk about trans rights, when they talk about and, you know, it's part of this lean to the right that seems to be going on across Europe. Uh, although we should say one slight positive. Two days ago, three days ago, uh, Greece, uh, Greece managed to uh, legalize same sex marriage. It's the first, uh, I think, orthodox country to do so yep that is a very positive i was actually listening to your show as i was driving back from warrington mm -hmm. and yes an absolutely fantastic discussion and i fully agree because there is a certain element they are pushing that narrative and they're pushing it across europe now a lot of studies show that this is because they're all funded by the same organizations mm. The money may be coming uh, 
into these organizations from Europe. But the money that's going into Europe is coming from mainly the United States in the form of far-right Christian organizations. And I, I, I beggars the whole reason to call themselves Christian mm. because they have got not a bone, a Christian bone in their body, uh, but also from uh, Russia. Mm-hmm. So we know there's a lot of foreign money coming into Europe purely to promote far right wing policies and hatred. Yeah. And they're spreading it around every country. They get a chance to get their foot in the door. And unfortunately, most people in power, such as our current government, are already right-leaning. Mm-hmm. So they're quite happy to promote it because to them, it's more money in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Okay, And we know that they are, for want of a better phrase, corrupt. Although I think that's probably the most accurate phrase yeah. because... Everything that they do is all about making money for their wealthy friends and for contracts that they get enticements for or are members of the board or somehow linked to the organization benefiting from these contracts. We've seen it hundreds of times. (laughs) And I think uh, uh, there's there's an incredible organization in uh, Florida, non-profit, called PRISM. I'm actually speaking to their executive director later on in the program tonight. And I'm really looking forward to it uh, because it's I think one of the things that uh, one of the things over the over the last number of months, a lot of the focus on this show has been Southern England. And I kind of want to take it back to talking around the world, especially in LGBT History Month, getting a perspective on where we are in in other parts of the world, because, as you know, we have listeners just about everywhere, although primarily UK, we, we do have people across mm-hmm. the globe. So um, so I think it's important to get that uh, to get that input. Um, we also have uh, later on in the show tonight, uh, I'm actually I'm going to end the, the program with it. Um, we have someone called Caprice Jackson. I'm not sure if you if you know her. I know of the name. I don't know of her in detail, but I have heard her name mentioned around. Um, she's uh, she's a, a, a wonderful woman, and she actually uh, wrote a poem for uh, Brianna. I think she, I think she actually wrote it last year. If memory serves me correct, she wrote it last year for the the vigil, and uh, she read it again this year. And uh, the sound quality isn't amazing because actually. I didn't have the lapel mic. You know what it's like. You get caught. Uh, you yeah. get caught short. It was organised so last minute. I was in London already, and I didn't have my lapel mics with me, so I just had to record it on my phone. So the sound might not be brilliant. I'll try and fix it. But it's a lovely, lovely poem, and I'm gonna I'm gonna close the show tonight with uh, with 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 that one. But um, but I think where are we a year on from from Brianna? Have any lessons been learned? I personally think that we are probably just in as bad a place, if not worse. Because when I got back from the vigil uh, on Sunday night, I went through uh, all my usual, uh, checked my social media, everything, because that's what I do, and then went to bed. The following morning, I find out that a young girl, a young trans girl, had been stabbed in London 
on the Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Also, almost one year to the day, she had been stabbed 14 times by a 19-year-old, and several others were there in attendance. They were uh, spouting transphobic slurs at her, and she was merely attending a roller party. And I, I thought, my God, why on earth is this happening again? Mm-hmm. Why now? Why is it happening again? And I think it's all because of, well, our prime minister thinks it's okay to make a vile joke at the expense of trans women, Mm -hmm. which gives the green light to people who are, who have been brought up on hate to act out on hate and just attack people for who they are. Mm -hmm. So, are we in a better place? I would say not. I'd say, if anything, we're getting closer to a period which I would say was very similar to the situation in 1968 mm-hmm. during the uh, Enoch Powell days mm-hmm. to the mid-1980s in the lead-up to the HIV-AIDS crisis it's it's all very much the same. It's getting very dark. Mm. Only now it seems to be getting very, very much violent mm-hmm. as well in and this country, which is scary. Do you know, I have just very randomly over this last week, I was struggling to find anything. I'm, I don't really watch current TV very much, so I just binge on stuff. But... Pose for me was an incredible series, and I uh, have just rewatched it uh, this week. Just because I like to stick something on in the background when I'm in bed, and I forgot a how incredibly made a series it was. But but you know you seem to get to point. You seem to get to point. It's like just when you calm down about something, then you're kind of reminded again and it's it's you know it, it goes in waves and history is cyclical and things do keep happening uh in a similar way and you know watching pose i thought there are so many things that happened in 80s america that are happening there again that are happening here again there are so many things that we thought we had found a way forward on which we seem to be you know, one step forward, two step backing at the moment. And um, I think we've got some incredible trailblazers in this country, but I do think we need to, to, I think everybody needs to kind of step up, all of our LGBT family, everybody needs to just step up, really make our voices loud and heard. Um, And I think it's time to start proper protests like we used to, rather than some of the prides that have just turned into big parties. It's, you know, pride was a protest and Reclaim Pride did an incredible job of that when I went to last, the summer before last. And I think that's that's perhaps where our prides are going to have to start going back to is being a protest. Far too many of our prides have been turned into commercial ventures and it's all now about a celebration but to be quite honest, there isn't anything to celebrate because until all of the, well, until all people are treated with equal dignity and respect, 
no matter how you identify, what the color of your skin is, what you believe in, where you come from, until we're all treated equally, and I mean equally, with 100% the same level of respect and dignity that as an individual you would want to give yourself. Until we're all achieving that, pride should always remain a protest. It shouldn't be a commercial party. It's not to celebrate. We don't have enough to celebrate over. When we can all celebrate together, then we've achieved that level of satisfaction. But at the moment, I think there is just too much hate and vitriol floating around. And yes, the whole of the LGBT community need to stand up. But not only them, all of our allies need to. Now, I know that uh, John Lewis have been under a bit of flack from the gender criticals or uh, anti-trans brigade, however you wish to describe them, uh, because for History Month, they produced a magazine. And it was basically discussing... LGBT issues, trans issues in particular, uh, and giving advice to parents and saying these are the things that you can do and telling people that you can help people and the more you help and accept, the better the outcome is for their mental health. So, and it was all very, very positive. But as usual, one of the prime culprits of the media had to go and rattle some chains and the usual culprits within the gender critical movement, namely Helen Joyce, uh, I can never get her, Stephanie Davis-Arrow, were saying, this is horrible, this is, this is not right, okay? giving it all the bad mouth. Now, I did a news article on it. Uh, I purposely left out what they said because I don't think it needs repeating. Absolutely not. I don't think it it's worth mentioning. Mm. Yes, say they disliked it, but that's as much as they get. Uh, it's like yourself. I won't mention the name of the two that were sentenced for Brianna's killing. Mm -hmm. I will not mention their names. I yeah. want to forget them completely. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think of a lot of these uh, anti-trans people. They're not worth mentioning. Yeah. So. And I think that's, yeah, what, that's we, what we do. We need to stand up and we need everybody. But this article was handed out or this magazine was handed out to the 70,000 members of John Lewis staff, of which the vast majority of the staff thought it was a good idea which is a positive thing. And this is why we need our allies to stand up. They may not understand trans issues. Mm -hmm. They may not understand LGBT issues, but they all understand human rights. Yeah, absolutely. And, compassion. and I think one of the, one of the loveliest things to end on a high note, one of the loveliest things was last year when we marched with trans radio in pride in London and the sea of cheers as as 
uh, Truck United and Trans Radio turned the corner into Leicester Square. It was just incredible. Um, and uh, I think uh, that's a really positive message to, to, to take forward because um, it's very easy for us to hear all of this stuff that the press do print and and when they make out that the country, uh, when they make out that there isn't any support, we just have to drown them out with the loud voices and the loud cheers like was like what was done last summer. I think that's we've uh, we've got to stand up support and uh, and make the powerful messages be heard. Exactly. And we we will get there. People are I mean, we've in some ways. uh our Prime Minister has done us a massive favour mm. because right in front of the the entire population and, in fact, around the world, people have seen how disgusting and vile transphobic remarks can be mm -hmm. and how subtle they can appear, but how much devastating impact they can have. And they have really gone, whoa, that's not on. Mm -hmm. Not having that. And they're a lot of people are saying, well, I wasn't a bit sure beforehand, but after that, I support you. Mm. And that is the thing is, is we have to encourage those people who were potentially on the fence, who were neither here nor there, to actually say, I don't agree with that. Hey? And I support people having equal human rights. Therefore, I support trans people having equal human rights. And that's what we need to encourage. And it's the only way forward. Absolutely. And I think together we can all we can all do it together. And that's a that's a very powerful message to uh, end on. And I just wanted to thank you again, Andrea, for uh, for joining me this evening. And uh, and as I said, later on. In the program, at the end of the program, we are going to play that uh, gorgeous poem that I mentioned uh, by Caprice. So, thank you so much for uh, joining me this evening. I look forward to listening to it when you play it out, and it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Absolutely, and likewise, and uh, and I look forward to listening to you during the week. Take care. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye for now. Bye. Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Are you trans and non-binary and feel like drugs or alcohol are impacting your life negatively? Why not check out Trans Sober? We're a grassroots peer support group for the community, by the community. Find us at www.transsober.org and join us online or come to one of our weekly drop-ins. We also offer other useful resources. Trans Radio UK, a global radio station the whole LGBTQ plus community can be proud of. Did you know you can advertise with us for less than a pound a day? Call 0207 856 0584 or email sales at transradiouk.com. Win £25,000 and help truck listens at the same time. Enter the Rainbow Lottery and click Truck Listens as your chosen organisation. And not only can you win £25,000, 50p of every ticket purchased will go to Truck Listens. Please see www.transradiouk.com and click Win £25,000 for more details. Trans Radio UK is on right now. 
Across the UK and beyond. Now, now, more of the music you love. What's more? Trans Radio UK. And now on the LGBTQ Plus Late Show with myself, Kevin, I'm joined by a special guest from across the pond. Uh, Max Fenning is part of PRISM in Florida. Welcome along this evening, Max. Uh, it's happy to be here. Now, the whole reason you're here is to talk about something that uh, that has recently happened. But just before we go into that, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about PRISM, uh, what you do, what you stand for, and, and so on? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a youth-serving and youth-led LGBT nonprofit that works to expand access to LGBT-inclusive education and sexual health resources for young people in South Florida. Uh, that means uh, giving people information about their community, their history, their bodies, and themselves online, and also building the next generation of movers and shakers. Fantastic. That's a great elevator pitch. I tell you what, we have people on here regularly, and it's very rare that we get such a concise uh, uh, explanation. So, so yeah, that sounds like you've been saying that quite a bit over the last it, while. It, it's surely practiced. <laughs> <laughs> and you're actually the executive director, if I'm correct, of PRISM? Yeah, that's right. Um, So I guess... The reason that uh, that 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 you're on the show, um, something fairly incredible happened. Uh, I think it was the week before last, was it? Uh, about almost two weeks ago, um, and it really all blurs into one. But but around then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was billed as certainly when I read, I read the story here on one of the news channels that I always tune into, Pink News, and uh, I read the the uh, story on there, and I just thought I've got to I've got to talk to uh, to some of the team. And it was billed on there, and correct me if I'm wrong, their explanation of it was a die-in. Yeah, yeah. So we staged uh, we staged die-ins outside of DMVs um, across the state, um, in major cities across the state. And do you want to just tell us a bit about why that came about or how that came about? Yeah, absolutely. So the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles, which, you know, issues issues driver's licenses and state documents and among among other things, uh, released a memo uh, in late January stating that trans people would no longer be able to amend the gender markers on their IDs or driver's licenses in the state of Florida. Um, so we uh, launched a letter writing campaign um, calling on the United States Department of Justice to launch an investigation and intervene, but also we started a day of action. Um, so last week, I think, <laughs> again, it all blurs into one, uh, we staged Diane's outside of DMVs in major cities across the state in uh, Gainesville, Tampa, Orlando, and Miami. Um, uh, so... Uh, basically played dead outside of these DMVs, um, really showcasing the consequences and the, the really dire consequences of uh, of this policy change um, mm -hmm. in our state. So for anybody that's um, so for anybody that's listening uh, here in the UK, we do have a number of US listeners, but obviously the majority of our, it's Trans Radio UK, majority of our listeners are here and in Ireland. So do you want to just tell, uh, explain a little bit about the repercussions of that law change, what it would mean to the average daily life of a trans person? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I don't, I don't know about over at, in the UK, but in in the US, there's so many times where you need to be able to present a, a government issued ID, um, things like picking up a prescription for a controlled substance, um, you know, going going out going out to bars, right? You need to be 21 to drink here. Um, 
if you're if you get pulled over, for instance, if you you're getting a job, you need to be able to present a form of identification. Uh, going through going through TSA at the airport, security at the airport. There's so many times where you need to be able to present an ID. I have to I have to show one to my webcam when I'm doing an exam for school. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> they're proctored, and I lost my student ID. <laughs> so I have, to, I have to do it. I have to do it very frequently. Uh -huh. And so. But the, the, the issue that this creates is all of those um, times where you would have to present a form of identification are not opportunities to be outed. Uh, imagine if you're you're a trans woman, for instance, um, part of this policy change, you know, if you haven't, if you haven't already changed your ID, you can't now. Um, and so, uh, you, if it, you know, that, that little M that, you know, this is male on your ID uh, is now going to be there anytime that you're having to present, present that ID. And that's now an opportunity to be outed. Mm -hmm. um, study came out um, uh, for, from the, the this United States Trans Survey, uh, which stated that 37% of transgender people in the state of Florida um, have either been harassed, um, uh, assaulted, um, asked to leave or denied service after presenting an ID with a gender marker that didn't match how they present. 37%. That's huge. And I think, you know, we we uh, we take a look at what's going on here, and I I I'm sure there's there's a similar uh, state of play in the U.S. But for example, here in the U.K., the last four when there was a change of when there was a change of leadership when the leader of the ruling party changed, uh, all four candidates basically targeted the trans community, and there is a conjoined effort by press and government here uh, to attack the trans community. Um, and it's led to, to it's basically using the rule book they used for people like myself, who's a cisgendered gay male. It's using the same rule book that was used in us 40 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, so to hear figures like that, it's it's evidently every bit as rampant in, in the US. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, uh, these these battles are, are are far from new. They take new shapes, you know, new forms and new shapes. But uh, but you're right in saying that it's a lot of it's the same playbook. Um, you know, we have seen such a significant increase in anti-trans violence, um, you know, across the country over the past two years, especially. Uh, and and our our fear is that this is only going to exacerbate that in particular. And I think I mean certainly one of the the really sad things which I noticed whenever I went to Trans Day of Remembrance, when the, the reading out of the names, and I appreciate there's there was almost 400 names, but that's only the people, the victims, which we know about. But so many of the names, because it gives the name and the age and the city, and so many were, were people of colour, and so many were trans women in uh, the US, which shocked me. I mean, I I wasn't as shocked by how many were in Latin America, but the number that were in North America, I found incredibly surprising. Yeah, I mean, especially as we're seeing, you know, we have over 400 pieces of anti-LGBT legislation that have been introduced um, in state legislatures across our country. Uh, we're seeing heightened, you know, very, very much heightened anti-trans violence um, and incidences of, of, of anti-trans hate crimes. And so... Um, 
unfortunately this also does disproportionately impact trans women of color you know uh, that you know there's there's several trans women of color who have been killed uh in the past year uh, just in the state of florida uh and it's it's very very difficult to um to face that that reality now in terms of you mentioned the the services that were offered by prism um so as well as activism and as well as everything you do um you you also have a sexual health uh, facility and I'm really interested in talking about that because I I have had a lot of US guests on the show but bizarrely I haven't spoken to them I mean I, as you can tell from my accent although I live in England I, I'm from Ireland and the Republic of Ireland has a very similar healthcare service to America it's insurance based and it's a it's a similar model however sexual health uh, treatment and sexual health facilities are free of charge. Is that the way in the US? How does anybody who's who's uh, wanting to access services, how exactly does that work with you guys? Yeah, so um, so we don't have a facility ourselves, so we do offer a resource for young people to be able to find um, STI testing and STI services and sexual health services across South Florida. Um, uh, Fortunately, many of these are free, free of charge. Um, they're some of them get government grants. Uh, a lot of a lot of them have have you know more private foundation funding um, to be able to provide those services. Uh, but it's it's surely not not the most accessible thing in the world, especially for you know for people of color, for young people, um, uh, you know, contending with uh, urban and suburban sprawl, and you know, in South Florida. Um, for folks who don't have cars, it's it's virtually impossible to access services of any variety in in, in our communities. And so, um, but making sure that they at least have access to that information, that they can at least locate um, a center is, is really, really critical. And I guess one of the big policies over here, which there's a campaign to eradicate new transmissions of HIV by 2030 within the UK. And uh, as as such, Anybody really who wants PrEP can get it free of charge through our incredible health system uh, that there is here in the UK. Is that is there access to free PrEP in the US? Is it only by purchase? How, how does that work? Yeah, so um, through the Affordable Care Act, um, the all insurance providers are required to cover um, PrEP uh, and PEP as well in, in the United States. The issue is not everyone has health insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, the United States, it's it's not government provided. We we all, you know we don't have like universal healthcare or or you know or anything like that. So, um, uh, for folks who are able to get on Medicaid, that's that also covers prep. Um, but for folks, but there are so many folks, especially again disproportionately people of color, people people who, who don't have the don't have the means to be able to secure health insurance, um, that are uninsured and um and are not able to do that, um. Thankfully, there are some nonprofits that also do cost sharing or have a sliding scale for PrEP and are able to, to sort of compensate some of those costs for folks who are uninsured or underinsured, but um, uh, but at least for folks who do have, uh, who are able to access health insurance, they're, they're able to be covered. We also have a, a bill that has been proposed in our state to, to increase access to PrEP and PEP, um, uh, not in terms of cost, but in terms of, you know, the, the barriers for, for prescribing it. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the impact of, uh, and I appreciate it slightly outside your remit, but but working within the, uh, working with a nonprofit uh, that 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 helps uh, with sexual health messages, 
What has been the impact uh, of the overturning of Roe versus Wade within, certainly within in Florida? What 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 impact has that had? Yeah, absolutely. So you know we've seen so in the state of Florida in particular since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we've had numerous um, uh, restrictions on abortion passed in our state. Um, we had a fifteen week abortion ban. Um, uh, the year before last, uh, last year, a six-week abortion ban was passed. Uh, but we've also seen pretty significant pushback across the country uh, in, in states that already may already have strong abortion protections and states that have made significant moves to, to ban or restrict access to abortion um, through ballot initiatives and constitutional state constitutional amendments. For instance, um, in our state, uh, we have a, a ballot initiative and, a, and a, an initiative to amend our, our state constitution uh, to guarantee the right to an abortion up to viability around 23 or 24 weeks. Um, it's cleared. Um, we Among states, not all states allow for citizen-driven you know, amendments. Some, some of them have to be introduced by the government. But among the ones that do, Florida has uh, some of the most restrictive um, guidelines that that has to meet before it can even land on the ballot. Um, namely, um, depends on how many voted in the last presidential election. But for mm -hmm. this for this election, um, we had to get eight hundred and ninety one thousand um, verified signatures across mm -hmm. the state. Um, uh, and then it also sort of passed a Supreme Court of Florida State Supreme Court review. Um, I'm proud to say that we've been able to secure 1.4 million wow. state, um, and we're able to meet that. It had to be met by uh, by February 1st. It launched in May. We were able to meet that um, officially in in early January, but we had already. Mm -hmm. They have to, again, they have to be verified, but but it already um, passed the threshold in terms of just raw signatures before prior to that. Um, it was surely a uh, um, surely with an uphill battle, right? They do not make it easy. They'll mm -hmm. throw out those those petitions for you know for the the tiniest little scribble in the wrong spot. But we were able to we were able to get that secured. Now it's going through a Supreme Court review, which just had hearings uh, last week, um, and pending that. Um, it will be on the ballot in November uh, with the you know with the presidential election, and uh, it has to get a sixty percent threshold. Sixty percent of folks have to vote yes, and then we'll have abortion protected in our state constitution, um, and that will um, uh, and that will nullify those those um, abortion restrictions that have been passed over the past couple of years in our state. Incredible. That's a really good time for us to take a commercial break. When we come back, uh, if you're okay to talk to us for a few more minutes, Max, I'd love to just talk about the overarching uh, LGBT uh, sentiment in, in, in certainly in Florida at the uh, at the moment. But we're just going to play these messages and we shall be right back. Ever thought about having your own radio show? Well, now you can, as we're looking for presenters to join our team. No experience is needed and minimal equipment required. For more information, email info at transradiouk.com. Transradio UK. Tune in via DAB and Ireland. Download our app via your smart speaker or online at transradiouk.com. Malcolm here. Don't go anywhere as we bring you some more trucking, great music and chat here on Trans Radio UK. Welcome back. You are listening to the LGBTQ Plus Late Show with myself, Kevin, here on Trans Radio. I am still joined by Max Fanning from Prism in Florida. I need to be careful with my Irish accent. It sounds like I'm saying Max Fanning from Prism in Florida, which would be a very different interview indeed. 
Well, with my with my American accent, people also all the time think that I'm saying prison and they like do a double take. <laughs> <No. laughs> um, so obviously working for a nonprofit and furthering the rights of LGBT people, I'm just interested to know, like I said in the, the first part of our conversation, I used to have a lot of U.S. guests on the show. Actually, I think there was only ever one or two from Florida. We had a lot from uh, from uh, California and, and uh, New York, but we used to have a lot. We haven't had somebody in the show for a while, so I'm just going to pick your brains because you're you're my, effectively my first U.S. victim over the last while. So how does it feel, the general, we've spoken about trans rights, the general LGBT uh, Q plus feeling in certainly in Florida and in the wider states. What's it like now? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing attacks on our community from all sides. Um, uh, obviously, predominantly against the trans community, we're seeing these attacks against against gender affirming care, and uh, you know, we just you know we just chatted about the 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 IDs um, as well. Um, you know, our major focus for us is education. Um, we have seen really significant attacks in our state in particular, but uh, what we've seen, uh, I, 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 I often say that Florida is like the blueprint for a lot of the rest of the country. So what happens here winds up getting picked up and spread around the rest of the country for better or for worse. Um, so, and so this is what I'm saying has then been copied and carried over into plenty of other states in the U S but, uh, uh, things like the the don't say gay trans law, right, which bans which bans instruction on uh, on gender identity and sexual orientation in our public schools, originally from kindergarten through third, now all the way to to, to um, uh, eighth grade middle school. Um, so we've seen, and we've also seen uh, the the Stop Woke Act, which uh, bans uh, you know all sorts of different discussions and, and instruction on 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 race and and uh, um, and systemic racism and in, in, in the country. Um, we've seen the the shuttering of pride centers at, at colleges across our state. Um, so in terms of academic freedom, we've seen really, really significant restrictions. Uh, it's worrisome for us because, you know, uh, I think I, I firmly believe that that education is, is a, a cornerstone of democracy, right? Being able to, to make an, an informed and educated decision about what's going on in your country is, is a pretty important uh, factor in sustaining it. And so when we see those sorts of restrictions on, on what can be said, what can be learned, mm -hmm. uh, that is uh, extremely concerning. Uh, but I would be remiss if I also didn't note that we've all, we've seen really uh, significant pushback uh, against um, a lot of these attacks in the LGBT community. Um, and, and we've seen how a lot of this 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 really rapid shift that we've seen in, in Florida uh, has come crum crumbling down. Mm -hmm. um, recently, uh, we're the we're the book panning capital <laughs> of, the, of of the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had uh, over six hundred over six hundred books pulled from shelves in school districts across really? the state. Wow! Mm -hmm. And uh, and and half of those were were complaints from two people in two different in two different school districts in Florida um, that made. Uh, over a hundred complaints against against various books um, individually um, from those two people, and and they I don't even think they have they're I don't even think they're parents and kids in the district they're just they're just random random, random people with nothing to do with the education system just coming in and, and complaining about books, mm -hmm. um, obviously predominantly targeting books uh, written by or about um, uh, queer people and people of color. Um, 
and uh, but we're seeing that falter and crumble before our, before our very eyes. Um, our, our, gov our dearest governor just uh, held a press conference yesterday uh, or on third, when was it? It was Thursday. It was Thursday um, that um, uh, saying that book bans have gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that and that they're considering um restricting restricting book bans. Um, either just I mean, the parents and the district or, or whatever. Do you know what it's I personally think um you know it's it's dating back to dating back to Second World War era Germany. I think anywhere that, that restricts and bans books it's a it's a very uh, slippery slope and scary one. And we had, I mean, we had our own something similar version here in the UK with Section Twenty Eight, uh, which uh, which which was introduced by Margaret Thatcher's government in the nineteen eighties, uh, restricting um, materials for learning opportunities for uh, for 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 kids on. I mean, then it was mostly built as gay issues as opposed to LGBT back in in, in terminology then, but. Um, which I think was a particularly cruel thing to do at the height of the AIDS epidemic. Um, it was a truly cruel thing to do. Um, so, I, I mean, the banning of books whatsoever. So it's it's refreshing to hear that there is a, a push back against it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, you know, we're seeing we're seeing so many ways that that these things have, have faltered. There was uh, recently a, a mid last year there was a rule that was introduced that required permission slips for any club you know school club meeting or, or any sort of extracurricular which we're worried about um as it relates to to gsa's uh you know lgbt student organizations um and there was it just just came out in, in miami um that there was a, a teacher who was requesting permission slips to just for students to just listen to a black person read a book that they wrote <laughs> yes. Uh, and so, you know, we have our commissioner of education who who tweeted out, uh, you know, this isn't what the permission slip thing is about is supposed to do. And it's like, well, maybe, but it's what we told you it was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you passed it anyway. So yeah. uh, and, and so we're seeing we're seeing all of that, all of that falter. But it's it's all the same, the same fights repackaged. Right. Um, uh, we, we used to call them uh, no promo homo laws. Um, also around, around the same time as, uh, as, as Margaret Thatcher's wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful piece. Um, yeah. uh, again, largely driven by fear around mm -hmm. AIDS, JV and, and, and this, uh, this increase in violence against the LGBT community, um, that would, you know, ban promoting a, mm. a homosexual lifestyle. As yeah. They call it. When we see, you know, when we saw this, this don't say gay or trans law, uh, we immediately knowing that's why history is so important, right? Because it gives you context for the present day and seeing that we we're like, oh, it's a no promo homo law. And mm -hmm. these were things that were getting repealed by like, yeah. you know, Republican controlled legislatures in states mm -hmm. across the country. Uh, they even they were like, yeah, this is this is a little archaic. And yeah. we're and we're, we're pulling back on all these. And then and, and so we see this one being introduced and we're like, oh, there's no way that's going to go anywhere. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, two years later. So it's um. So the they. I mean, the part of the UK that I live in is uh, a place called Brighton. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Uh, of it, yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, basically, Brighton percentile wise, Brighton has the highest uh, number of LGBT people in in the UK. 
and um it's very much like it's a bit of a it was a bit of a hippie place and uh a bit of a anything goes kind of a bit like a uk portland um so i love talking to it's great to speak to people like yourself and it's it's one of the great things about the program is i do get to speak to people all over the all over the country all over europe and and world and um it's refreshing because otherwise otherwise i personally could live in this little bubble where everything is you know we live in a right on city we live in a a city that's very forward thinking so um so yeah it's nice to, and it's lgbt uh, history month here in the uk as well so um so it's just very, it's it's nice to get an insight into to uh, everything there in terms of a positive uh, note what's happening in the us that's just something that's kind of made you over the last 6 months say that's just made you go something that's made you feel good um about lgbt rights uh it's all these i told you so moments right like it's mm -hmm. all of these uh you know like i said that we are really seeing a pushback um uh, a lot of these pieces of anti-lgbt legislation that we've seen in our state in particular have been overturned in the courts so we mm -hmm. had a we had a bill that uh, would ban minors from going to drag performances we've had uh we've had bills that would ban gender affirming care for young people um, you know, all of these various pieces of legislation that have just been overturned. Um, and um, and so now we're really seeing that that uh, stemming of the tide, so to speak. Um, a lot of a lot of the these anti-LGBT bills that have been introduced this year um have, have just kind of stalled mm -hmm. um in our government and haven't really been able to move forward. And um, and that's spurred largely by um, you know, by I think a lot of these legislators legislators realizing that this is not popular. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does not win them elections. Yeah. But we see a perfect example of that on the <laughs> you know on the presidential level. <laughs> uh, these things do not win them elections. Mm -hmm. Um and uh and and that uh, they need to be focusing on on more important things like Absolutely. cost of living or insurance or whatever it may be. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, now, if anybody, uh, if anybody wants to get in touch, or as I say, we do have some listeners in uh, in the US. If anybody wants to to find out more, Instagram, it's prism.fl. That's right. And uh, just in terms of, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm honoured at the minute. I'm just looking up your other socials. Is it prism.fl on all the usuals? The the X, formerly Twitter, and so on. It's unfortunately different on every single one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for anybody, so there weren't some of them weren't available. Some of the yeah. users weren't available when we made it in 2020. So uh, it's uh, prism.fl on Instagram. It is prism underscore fl on X or Twitter or whatever Spaceman wants to call it. Uh, <laughs> it, it is prism fl, just all one thing on yeah. TikTok. Uh, our site is uh, www.prismfl.org. And, you know, just now as a look at that, just to repeat that, uh, www.prismfl.org. As I've looked at that, all the links are at the bottom of the homepage. So anybody can have a look and look at the uh, look at the incredible work you do. Max, thank you so much for uh, joining me this evening. And uh, it's always lovely to talk to, to people who are keeping up the fight and doing incredible jobs like uh, like all of you are doing at Prism. So thank you very much for doing that. And uh, and thank you for joining me on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. Excellent. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your evening.
Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to both my guests this evening, Andrea and Max. I am going to leave you with the poem which was read out at last week's vigil for Brianna in London. And it's read very beautifully uh, by Caprice Jackson. And my apologies for the sound. It had obvious very loud background noise in it. But uh, this is Caprice and I'll speak to you next week. So the name of my poem is I Did Not Know You. And it's subtitled, In Memoriam, Brianna Jai. I did not know you, yet I was moved to come. When I heard of your death, you, so beautiful, so young. And yes, I feel anger. Yes, I feel pain. But my reason for being here is to remember your name. Remember a life rubbed out. One so beautiful, so young. A life rubbed out, barely begun. You were trans, Brianna Jai, as am I, far older than you, and yet you die. I came here today to remember your name, to hold a laugh, a flickering flame, to whisper aloud that your death is my death. Your loss is my loss, is the loss of a soul. Your love, your identity is the same for you, for me. Sleep peacefully, sweet Rihanna, wherever you may be, and know millions mourn you, mourn you in sadness, mourn you in grief, yet celebrate too a child of the light, one so beautiful, so young, and one so bright.